Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Boy, how great it is, how blessed we are to be able to come together each day and open up the Bible and study. (laughs) You know, I've talked many times about how blessed we are to have that kind of freedom and not just to be able to do it on a private basis or maybe just with a few people around us, but we can get on the radio, we can get on television, we can get on the air- airwaves of media, mass media, and we can, we can teach God's Word on a broad-based scale. In fact, through the technology of the Internet, we can spread it all over the world. And we're thankful to be involved in that at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. And all the glory and praise and honor and thanks go to God. We do pray that as we study together each day here and search the scriptures, that you are learning more and more Bible. You see, faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And so our prayer is that as we study together each day from God's word, that your faith is growing, that your faith is getting deeper and stronger and richer, that you're coming closer and closer to God and that ultimately you'll make up your mind to come to God through Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and for salvation. Repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ as your Lord and Savior and God's Son, and surrendering to Him in baptism, so that the blood that Jesus shed on that cross can cleanse you of the guilt of your sins, and you can be born again spiritually, made new spiritually begin to walk a new life, as the Apostle Paul put it in Romans chapter 3, verses uh, 3 through 5. Oh, we want to help you get to heaven. And that is all to God's glory. We're just thankful to be his servants and that he has blessed us with the means, the abilities, and the opportunity to be able to reach out to so many through this program. And our prayer is that it's a blessing to you. Now, we want to encourage you to do more than just listen to this program. If you're in the Omaha area, come and visit with us, worship with us, study with us, grow spiritually with us at at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street. But for those of you who are outside of the Omaha area, and maybe for some who are in other parts of the country and the world, go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page to the podcast button. Click on that. It'll take you about one minute to sign up for our podcasting. Now, using our website and all of its resources, that's all free. It will always be free. Signing up for our podcasting, that's free. It will always be free. And when you sign up for our podcasting, you'll not only receive all of these radio programs on a daily basis right to your smart device, whether that's your smartphone, your computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever it might be, but you'll also receive all of our sermons. You'll receive our Sunday morning and Wednesday night Bible classes that we're podcasting, and you'll also receive a great short, about a 12 or 13 minute Bible study each day that we call today's Bible class. All of that will automatically go to your smart device and it's free and it always will be free. Now, 
you sign up for our podcasting, but also tell your friends, your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, everybody you can to do the same thing. Again, you may help somebody turn their lives around spiritually and get on the right road that ultimately will lead to heaven. And that is our prayer, that we can help as many people as we can get to heaven and eternal life with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, that's important, and that leads me into what this particular line of study that we're going through is really about. We're answering the question, why would God want to save someone like me? A lot of people have that question on their mind. In fact, it's no longer a question. They have just turned it into a statement. They do not believe that God would want to save someone like them. They have lived such a sinful life. They have done such terrible things. Or maybe in their mind, it's one thing that has been so horrible that they just think they cannot be forgiven. God would not forgive them. God would not save someone like them. But for other people, it's the idea that they have lived such a sinful life on such a lo- an ongoing basis for such a long time that surely God would not forgive them. God would not save them, would not want to save someone like them. Maybe you're in that particular mindset yourself, or maybe you know somebody who is. Let me assure you, God not only can forgive you, He not only can save you, but he wants to forgive you. He wants to save you. Now, we've already looked at numerous texts of Scripture that demonstrate that nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. Now, that would include God's ability and power to forgive you, to save you, and me. Now, we're now looking at the rest of the, or the other side of the question, why would God want to save someone like you or like me? We all have done sinful things. We have all have fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3 and verse 23. All are under sin. Paul talked about that in his letter to the Galatians. Why would God want to save someone like you and like me? Bottom line, because he loves you. In John chapter 3, we look at verses 16 and 17. We know verse 16 by heart, don't we? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, let's analyze some points made in those two verses. First, verse 16, for God so loved the world, you are part of the world, aren't you? That he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You are included in that statement, the world. You are included in that term, whoever believes in him. 
So you're included in those, in that whole group that God described in his inspired word in verse 16 of John chapter 3 as those whom God wants to save. So much wants to save you and me that he sent his son into this world as the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. God loves you that much. Verse 17 again, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, that includes you and me, through him might be saved. Oh yes, God loves you that much. He loves you that much. The Hebrews writer wrote in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9 about Jesus being that sacrifice, giving his life for our sins. We see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by, the glory of, uh, he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. And that includes you and me. God loves you that much. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, But God demonstrates his own love toward us. That includes you that while we were still sinners, we, that includes you. God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That includes you and me, us. God demonstrated his love in such an emphatic way that he sent his own son to that cross to die to pay the price for the guilt of our sins, of your sins and my sins. In fact, Paul, in his second Corinthians letter, he wrote in chapter 5 and verse 21, For he, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, Jesus lived a perfect life, to be sin for us. In other words, he bore the guilt of our sins, your sins, my sins, the sins of all humanity for all time. He bore all of that guilt on himself as he hung on that cross as the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins, including yours and mine. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Again, notice that word us. That includes you and me. Notice that word, that word we, you and me. And again, all of humanity. God demonstrated emphatically, vividly, demonstrably that he wants to save you and me. In Ezekiel, when we look at Ezekiel chapter 18, 
we look at a couple of different texts there. Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 23. Notice this. Do I have, and this is God speaking, do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? Well, you might think you have been living a wicked life. You might think you have, been, you have done some wicked things. And there's God's question. Do I have any pleasure in all that the wicked should die? Well, that would include you and me. Says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his way as in live? Now, in case you're wondering as to the answer of that, look at verses 31 and 32 of that 18th chapter of Ezekiel. And God is speaking. Cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die? For I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord God. Therefore, turn and live. Now again, remember, we've talked about the concept of repentance. What does that mean? Repentance or to repent? It is a change of mind that leads to a change in behavior. It is the idea of turning around one's life. God wants you to repent. He wants to forgive you. He wants to save you. In Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 11, notice again. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way. There's repentance again. And live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die? God speaking. He wants you to change. He wants you to repent. He wants to forgive you. He wants to save you. Yes, not only can God save you, God wants to, to save you. God has no pleasure in the eternal condemnation of a lost soul. Now, he will hold us in judgment. If we do not repent, if we do not come to him for forgiveness through Jesus Christ, if we're not baptized so that the blood of Christ can cleanse us of the guilt of our sins, Acts 22 and verse 16, but he wants us to come to him in that obedience, in that faithfulness, in that surrender, so he can save us. He wants all to turn from their sinful ways. In Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, the Apostle Paul wrote this. Romans 2 and verse 4. Do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Now think about it. If God were a vengeful God that were going to strike you dead immediately for what you have done, whatever it is that you believe has been so terrible in your life, or that I have done that has been so terrible in my life, why would he still let you live? Why would he still let you 
live through life to this point where you could listen to this particular message from the gospel of Christ, that God wants to forgive you, God wants to save you, and that God can forgive you, and God can save you. He has given you time to learn these lessons. And you need to recognize that his goodness, that his patience with you should lead you to repentance, should lead you to make up your mind to change your life, to turn away from the sinfulness that you have lived in and turn to him for forgiveness and salvation. God wants to forgive you. In 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, or chapter 2 to begin with, in verses 3 and 4, Paul wrote, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to continue to come to the knowledge of the truth. Did you get that? God desires all men. Men is, a, is used generically there. All people. All people. God desires everybody to be saved. That is God's desire, his will for everybody to be saved. And then in chapter 4 and verse 10, For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. God is the Savior of everybody. It's not an exclusive kind of offer of forgiveness and salvation to just a select group of individuals, but God offers that. He extends that invitation to everybody who will come to him through Jesus Christ. Remember that Jesus extended the great invitation, the great invitation. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, he said, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Everybody who will come to him, he will bless them with that spiritual rest, knowing that they have been forgiven knowing that in him they have come to salvation. And through him, they can look forward to eternal life in heaven. God wants you to be saved. God wants to save you. But he's not going to make you be saved against your will. He wants you to come to him. Again, his way through Jesus Christ. Jesus was sent by God into this world as the Savior. In Titus chapter 2, beginning with verse 11, we read this, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to whom? The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, everybody, 
that he might redeem us, everybody, from every lawless deed. Did you get that? Whatever it is that you think you've done that has been so horrible, that has been so despicable, so heinous, so wicked, God sent Jesus to that cross to die that he might have the opportunity to redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works. Jesus went to the cross for you as much as he went to the cross for me. Jesus went to the cross for the most wicked of this age just as much as he went to the cross for the wicked of every other age that has lived upon this earth since the beginning of mankind. He died to pay the price for the guilt of your sins. That's how much God wants to save you. But again, you have to come to him. In 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, the apostle Peter wrote, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That all, that means you too. He wants you to come to repentance. That's your part. Making up your mind to change your life, to come to God through Jesus Christ to turn away from whatever the wicked ways, the ungodly, the sinful lifestyle that you have lived. But God wants to forgive you. Not only can he forgive you, he wants to forgive you. Look at 1 John chapter 1. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is just, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. That means whatever sins you have committed, whatever wickedness you have taken part in, whatever horrible thing that you have done, God not only can forgive you and save you, he wants to forgive you and save you. We'll come back and conclude this study next time. Think about what we have learned. Pray about it. In fact, let's pray right now. Father, we thank you for loving us so much. Your sacrifice of your son on the cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins is just almost unbelievable, except it is believable because of your immeasurable love for us and your ability and desire to forgive us and save us through that sacrifice. Guide us, Father, to take this to heart and to put our lives in motion to come to you in repentance and seeking forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Help us along this line, Father. Gracious Father, we pray for your forgiveness. This is our prayer in Christ's name.
Amen.